0: Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host, Max Bowen. And joining me now, my next guest, well, he does a lot. He's a musician. He's a producer. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. He's a formal model. He's a published author. Holy God. And now I feel like I've accomplished nothing of value because he's just done so much and he's still in his 20s. Hollis Morissette joins me. Hollis, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. This is such a great honor.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, me too, me too. All right, so why don't we begin with just a look at all the different things you do. Um, You know, you act, you have published your own uh, children's book, you have your own clothing boutique, you have been producing music for the past um, uh, few years. How do you balance everything?
1: I don't know. I've, I've always been a person who I like to stay busy, and so when I stay busy, I guess I don't really feel the burnout until I, maybe I sit down. But I've always had these big dreams since I was a child. Um, when I was, I've said this many times in past interviews or in other magazine features I've had that, you know, when I was five, I I was one of those kids where I knew exactly what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And at five years old, I told my parents, "I'm moving to Los Angeles." You know, I'm moving to L.A. I knew exactly. There was nothing about nothing that was gonna stop me, nothing that was gonna convince me otherwise. And and I just, I don't know, I just kept going. You know, I've always, you know, I've sang since I was a, a child. I remember being in a little group and, you know, got into acting at eight, you know, and then I became a model at 16. And, you know, when I was 13, I always wanted to be Mr. United States. And then a few years ago, I made that come true by, you know, being a national pageant title holder. So I've just been doing that and just juggling it all. I think life is just too short, so I have to keep going because, you know, you never know, but I always like to keep going. I don't like to be lazy.
0: I get you, man. I imagine, though, when you you told your folks at age five i "I'm moving to L.A., they're probably like, oh, sure, you know, you're five, you know, whatever. And then the fast forward like, oh, you really did it. Wow. When you began pursuing, you know, acting and music and modeling, did you get a lot of support from the family?
1: Not really. I think just because I come from a conservative family, they they're the type to, you know, go to school and then go to college immediately after and then go get your master's degree right after, but own a home while you're getting your master's degree, starting your family, all you know, all that kind of stuff. And the very traditional conservative type of lifestyle. And I just felt like I was always different since the day I was born. Like I've never felt to be confided in that way. I've always known that there was something in me, whether it was just my talents or my personality. So I was like, no, there has to be, I have to make my own way, create my own life.
0: I get you, all right. But I did read that you do have a BA in theater and psychology from JCSU in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, what led you to uh, to go to college?
1: Uh, I did it to make my family happy. <laughs> Um, You know, I I will say that it was never my um, intention to go to college right after high school. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that I never wanted to go to college, but maybe when I wanted to was more the route that I wanted to go. But I think I just did it right after high school. And and honestly, you know, school came pretty I was pretty good with school, you know, I graduated high school with honors, and graduated early, and then in college, I graduated a year early, and I graduated magna cum laude, cum laude, however you want to say it, um, but even though that came easy to me, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do, but I don't fully regret it, because while I was in college, that's when I ended up getting on uh, Vice Principals on HBO. So I look at it like, well, maybe if I hadn't gone that down that road, then I wouldn't have gotten on HBO.
0: <laughs> I would say it's worth it. Then actually, <laughs> it's, it's definitely worth it. So, yeah. um, was being on uh, on uh, Vice Principals like your first big break? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, unexpected. I'll never forget. I had done a lot of traveling that year, and I had signed with my at the time my new agent and um they signed like I I remember going in there and they we had this meeting and then they signed me the very next day and then I want to say maybe a month to a month and a half later I had my first big audition I didn't know what the show was and I didn't know I just knew it was on HBO and um I I will say that you know they're like today with COVID how they have remote auditions well, obviously, back then when I did the show, um, we it came out in 2016, but we filmed it in 2015, a whole year earlier. So obviously, COVID didn't exist. But I was doing a remote audition because it was being filmed in a different state. And I remember one of the actors who was signed to my agency as well. She did a she was you know always booking things, and she was very good and very talented. So she was like, "Well, let me help you with your audition." So I did it at her house. She gave it to my agent. And he sent it in. Now, obviously, I didn't think anything of it because I'm like, oh, it would be nice to have, you know, gotten it to, you know, a week and a half, maybe two weeks had gone by, hadn't heard anything. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of bummed. But it was your very first audition. Well, then my agent is blowing my phone up and he's like, um, they want you and they're bringing you out there to Charleston, South Carolina. And I was like, oh, but don't they want a second audition? They said no. So I was like, oh my gosh, my very first audition, they did not do a callback. They just said, no, get out here now.
0: <laughs> wow. And they brought up here. the rest is history. Very cool. Now, I've not seen that show. What's it about?
1: So, Vice Principals, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Danny McBride um, from Eastbound and Down. And he's done a, a number of other things as well. Vice Principals, so obviously, um, it's about. Uh, he's the vice principal to a school and there are several other um colleagues that are all trying to compete to be the next principal but there's a woman who gets hired on and she's like a don't take no crap kind of person so but they'll do anything to destroy her character like they'll try and set someone's house on fire they'll try and lie about someone sleeping with another teacher or something but it's about The unprofessionalism of the um, staff mixed with the rudeness and obviously cliche of high school students who can't seem to be respectful, you know, going through their puberty and their hormones and everything. And and it's just a funny show, but they all bring their personal emotions into a professional setting. So you just never know what you're going to get.
0: Nice. And uh, what uh, what, uh, was your role in this?
1: So I was um my my character's name was Demetrius Todd, and I was a pretty important guest star to the show. And I was my character was very snobby, very quick witted, very you can't talk to me this kind of way kind of person. I guess my character was on a high horse and he needed to be. Come back down to earth.
0: <laughs> ah, cool. Now, being on an HBO show, I'm sure that was like a huge milestone for you how do you think that kind of influenced you in terms of what you did afterwards?
1: I think it influenced me because once you accomplish that, you realize, even though I believe in myself, it's always nice to see, you know, what you're planting actually grows. And so once I saw I made that accomplishment, I'm like, well, you know, obviously I'm doing something right. Let's keep it going. How can I grow from here to, to, you know, make my dreams continue to come true, but stay on track and not really fall off behind and not be that person who was who, who I don't want to be that person who says, oh, well, I remember once I was on HBO, but then did nothing afterwards. And then I don't want to have to go through life saying, oh, but you're so talented or someone to say, oh, you're so talented. Why did you stop? So I just have to keep going. I think that's what pushed me because I made that great accomplishment. And I'm like, well, what else is next?
0: Mm. Well, I, now, I'm sure that uh, the uh, the uh, pandemic changed a lot of plans for you in terms of things you were looking to do. Um, but have you been able to get back into acting and back into doing roles?
1: Yeah. So my my team, I have my, my manager and my agent, um, well, agents. And, I mean, I audition all the time, honestly. And I will be honest with you, even though things shut down, my auditioning never really stopped. And when I won Mr. United States... I it was actually during 2020. So I still had to do my photo shoots. I still had to do my public interviews. I was still servicing, you know, holding my title and, and doing my reign and everything. Um, so I think just with that, I knew for a fact, I said, I'm not gonna take this opportunity to be locked in my house that's in my name. And I'm not gonna be told you know, just, just to stay at home and watch TV. No, I'm gonna do something with these doors that are closed which is why we had the power of social media. So I was able to do a whole lot because at that time you had no reason but to focus on social media. Nobody was interacting with anyone. So I was very thankful for that. Um, and I still am.
0: Cool. So how are you able to utilize our social media to kind of keep yourself out there and keep busy?
1: Oh gosh. I think TikTok is a great way. Um, that's a little addicting. Sometimes I find myself scrolling a bit too much um obviously Instagram and Twitter uh Twitter I don't know what's going on with Twitter but Twitter is Twitter and you see things every day but I feel like there's always a rush of information everywhere I'm not really on Facebook um so that's probably the only type of social media that I don't really use except for I don't use Snapchat anymore either but Twitter Instagram and uh oh and uh YouTube um and TikTok
0: Wow. Okay. So it sounds like you have this, you know, like, uh, like you mentioned before the very stay busy mindset, you want to keep doing stuff. You're always active. Uh, what do you think you get that? To
1: stay active and yeah. always, Oh, uh, I think it's just something that was naturally in me.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, I, I, have been inspired by watching people who have, you know, opened doors for me and I've just always seen, obviously don't see behind the scenes, but you keep seeing them constantly coming out with another movie or a constant another show or another song or another album. And I'm like, dang, give me time to catch up. But then also, you know, I'm like, I respect that you want to stay busy. I, you know, I, I think I just being young, like I just don't, you never know. So as long as my legs work, my arms work, my brain works, I think I'm just going to keep going.
0: <laughs> I like that. You
1: know, this is like a lazy day, but I don't really have those too often. I like to just keep going because I, I like to have something to talk about.
0: I like that. All right. Um, so let us talk about being a former Mister United States pageant title holder. That's really amazing because I know that that the competition is obviously huge. How did you get involved with the with the uh, the competition? And kind of how did it feel to get this title?
1: I felt great. Um... But I will say, like I said before, this was a dream of mine when I was 13 years old. I've always said that this is what I want to do. And for those who don't really know what that is, um, it, if people have heard of like Miss USA, it's the male version. It's the brother organization to that pageantry. And, you know, so you do your community service. You have your evening wear where, you know, obviously we wear tux. And, you know, you have like your onstage question. You're in front of all these judges, you do your talent, everything you see. Um, we pretty much have done, and then you do your community service and all that. Now, how I came about it, um, I remember I had to send an audition tape, and I had to compete for my state title at first, and at the time, because I live in LA and it's been my home for many years, I was going to be Mr. California United States, but someone had already won that title, so I said, well, I'll compete, even though I live in LA, I'll compete as my former home state so I competed and then I won Mr. Michigan United States so then I had my state title but then they were saying okay so now it's time to see if you want to go further do you want to you know do you want to compete nationally and I said yes so then you know you send in your audition tape and everything and then that's when I found out that I was accepted into the organization and then I was to compete for 16 weeks for Mr. United States
0: Hmm. One of the things I'm really curious about is people who do this, what kind of doors does it open? Because obviously you can't keep like doing this forever.
1: Pageantry. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that will always be talked about, especially, you know, being a male who's a a pageant title holder, you know, it's not that many of us. Um, The doors that open, I think, first of all, it already is another way of taking rarity and and looking at how unique a person is so i think it has opened up a lot of doors in terms of uh, magazine features public interviews it has made me stand out because in this business people are always wanting to know how you can stand out how dedicated are you and how determined are you you know there's so much talent but i feel like a lot of people don't really focus on that They, they do put focus on how talented you are but you know, there are a lot of talented people out there, but if you're not dedicated, you're not determined, you don't keep focus. I think that's what people mostly focus on. So it's helped with those um, in ways like that to open up doors for me.
0: Hmm. OK, I want to ask next about living in L.A. Why there? Why not like New York City or maybe Austin, Texas or Boston? These are all pretty strong you know, like um, epicenters for the arts and for people who want to pursue artistic careers. Um,
1: well again, um at five I knew that moving to LA um it's a different world here. I like the you you can get so much you can get the beach, you can get the desert, you can get the mountains with snow. um you know, I I will say I respect the hometown that I was born in, but I've always felt at a young age that I just was not connected to the East Coast. I've always felt like a West coaster at heart um. And I just never really, I like to visit the East Coast. You know, I've traveled many places um, around the world, you know, not just domestically, but internationally, but I've never really felt connected. And I love visiting New York. I think it's a great place. Boston is nice. You know, Chicago is nice. But it's not livable for me.
0: I get you. Yeah. Personally, I, I've been to New, uh, to, uh, to New York City a couple of times, and I definitely like to go there. Could I live there? Uh, maybe not so much.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's it's it's. I feel very closed in. Um, mm. I feel like I'm boxed in on the East Coast, and I don't like that. I don't like to be boxed in, you know, or confided. But New York is very cutthroat, and and I know LA can be as well, but. I don't know. I just feel like if you don't walk 25 miles an hour in New York, then you're going to get shoved out the way. If you say good morning, they're like, shut the F up, you know, like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. You can just, you never know what you're going to get in LA. People get hit by cars all the time.
0: You know what? That's very accurate. Actually, that's very, very accurate. So I'm curious as to what your early experiences living in LA were like.
1: They were tough. I think they, they were very tough because I didn't know anyone. So I didn't have the luxury that a lot of people have when they either move here with someone or they easily connect with people. So I didn't have anyone to kind of show me around. I had to figure it out myself. Um, there was a lot of lonely times as well, but you know I got through it. And you know I think I just kept focused. And I think that's another thing that keeps me uh, kept me focused was I didn't know anyone, so all I had to do was take every audition. That I had every opportunity, every photo shoot I could do because I'm like, well, I don't have anyone to hang out with. So let me just keep busy. Hmm.
0: It sounds like you weren't the type to kind of walk in there with these like, you know, starstruck dreams of, oh, yeah, this is L.A. I'm going to make it on my star on the on the on the walk of fame and all that stuff.
1: No, I saw L.A. as a bigger opportunity. Um, Obviously, it's a place where my. Um, dreams have been coming true and will continue to come true. and it's it, it's it's a place where obviously, you know, my success has grown. But I saw it more than just my career. It's also a place where I am building my home, where I'm, you know what? where when the time is right, starting my family, this is like a place that I don't play around with. I think a lot of people, they move for the wrong reasons. And I moved for the right reasons, just because I'm like, I'm not here to play around. This is my career, my life. So I tied all that in one. I didn't look at it as, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be on the red carpet. And and that's fun and all. I've done that. But it's not like the greatest thing ever. That's not the reason why I moved here.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's not just a place for you to grow your career. It's also for you to really find who you are as a person.
1: It definitely is (laughs) you run into a lot of stuff here um but it's a great place but you know there are a lot of distractions as well that's that's just that when it's time for me to go i think my exit song will be my music
0: (laughs) oh geez well hopefully that's that that's uh, not enough for a very very long time yeah (laughs) but but yeah you know interesting interesting uh way to go out (laughs) all right um all right. You know, I was really curious about writing because on top of everything else, you were also a published author. You have a book out called We Are Enough, Friend. And this is all about a young man named Julian, a confident yet yet humble friend who, who takes the reader on a fun journey. What led you into writing books?
1: When I was a child, there was this book that my mom would read to me every morning before school. I don't remember the name of the author, but it was this book called Getting Dressed. And from there, you know, obviously in in elementary school, you know how you have those book fairs and you can like buy books and stuff. And then like you collect books. And so I had one of those big, I forgot what it was called. I don't know if it was called Tyson or Tonka or something. It was one of those big blue bins with the top. And I used to have it filled with books and I used to read those books all the time. And I just felt like I really wanted to write a book one day. So I remember when it was uh, 2020, like around Thanksgiving. I came up with this idea of writing a children's book because I was writing several other books at the time, but they're not published. And when I thought about it, I said, you know what, let's do a children's book first because here we are in 2020, these kids were robbed of their summer, everything. So they, you know, so I didn't want children to feel like they were going down a dark road. So I thought about the children first. And when I created Julian, I wanted him to send a message that, you know, kids or people of all ages are more than enough they're definitely worthy, you know, to be loved and to give love and to, you know, stand their ground. They're not to be bullied, but, you know, keep the peace as well.
0: Cool. All right. So, you have so much happening here. I'm curious is one of these things a priority for you or is it just everything all at once?
1: I try to make one thing a priority, but I think because my brain is just like everywhere, um I just I don't know I just do this spend like an hour or two on this move on to the next thing start writing on that I'm always filling my day with a bunch of stuff and 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 it might it might be great but also sometimes it kind of sparks up my anxiety because I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and everything because you know I'm like oh my gosh I started all these things today but now I feel like I have to finish them all today instead of just having one main thing and having a deadline for the day or for the week but then you know you get overwhelmed. So at the moment, I'm just kind of juggling everything at once. Probably not the best thing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see it being a little bit overwhelming. But you mentioned you also have a team that you work with. Um, how does that help you?
1: A lot, because when I first started, I was doing it all by myself. Yeah, you know, and then not to not to mention, when you were doing all of that by yourself, all your projects, but then you got to find time to do public interviews. And then you got to find time to have time for yourself. And then I have a dog. And then I have to find time to give it attention, you know. And then I have to find time to maintain my social media. So I really felt burnt out because I'm like, everything to me right now is hitting at once. And you, I think when you have an idea in your mind, it's always, you always go to a place where you feel like, uh, how can I say it? You know how you have like an idea in your mind. but It sounds good or it looks good that you're going to finish X, Y, and Z. But then when it comes to reality, you have different obstacles or you have different things that come in your way, you know, come in the way. And then you feel overwhelmed and you're like, oh, well, I can't finish this project today. I have to finish it tomorrow. You know, life happens. So that's why I kind of started with a team. Oh, another reason why is I remember when I was um, in my reign, for my for Mr. United States, um the director at the time, he recognized how overwhelmed I was. And he actually pushed me and he said, you need to get a team because you're really starting to pick up with a lot of stuff and you can't do it all alone. You need a team. And if you want to succeed, you have to have people who stand, you know, by you.
0: Did that ever occur to you back in the day, like when you got to LA like, okay, I'm here, I'm gonna find my team.
1: No, the only, the only team I think I thought about was like I'm um, agent and manager, but I never thought about an assistant or a publicist or a stylist or you, you know, anything like that. You know, anyone that can be on your team, a, a lawyer, you know, I didn't think about all those things. But then again, I didn't think like that. I just thought career, life, living your life, you know. <laughs> Not a lot of people in their 20s think about stuff like that. Like, oh, I need to get a legal team, I need to get this, I need to get that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's what it is though. Like the, the more you do and the bigger you become, you need that structure you need like, okay, someone to help me with my interviews. Someone, you know, like you said, uh, the legal person, you probably have some kind of a financial planner or something like that. And and everything else is so many different, like moving parts to what you do. And it's a whole yeah. industry really.
1: It is. Um, and it's, it's, it's a whole different world. Cause like I said, you don't expect to have all those different things and you didn't, I didn't think about them, but I mean, it's great. So, especially when you have the right people. Cause you know, obviously some people have teams, but they're just not the right people. And I've had that, I've had that in the past, you know, in the past where I just didn't have the right kind of people. And I just felt like they were there. And I'm like, Oh, I really could just, I did a lot more work by myself than having you around. I'm doing it all by myself still. Anyway, you're just here.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you, you, you definitely don't want to have that person who's just sort of filling a spot, but you realize, wait, why are you around exactly? What are you bringing to the table?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of
0: those. <laughs> How did you find your current team? Just really
1: taking my time, looking at people's work, just kind of scouting, um, which I didn't do in the past. I just went based off of what people said and what sounded good. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, and then obviously throughout experience, you have to learn. You can't go based off of what people say. You have to they have to bring receipts. So I need to see their work. Uh, so I took my time. And then I also by, I don't want to say by force, but by um, strong request from my director at the time from Miss United States telling me, you really need a team. Um, I think that's what helped me find the right team as well, because, you know, I, I didn't want to feel that burnout again, which, I mean, you're going to still feel burnout, but I didn't want to feel it in the way I did in the past. And I really wanted someone trustworthy. So I'm like, I have to see your work. I need to see what you've done. I need to see how you handle yourself, not just on paper, but in person.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. So Hollis, what is next for you? What's uh what's your next one on your uh, to do list for the year? Well,
1: um, like I said, I'm in the studio. So I'm working on a lot of things right now. Um, I have some other things that will be announced soon. Um, I do have things planned out, but I can't really say what it is for the remainder of the year because things are always, opportunities are always there. So I don't have my planner that far out, um, but I can just say expect great things and exciting things. But but I think right now the the most exciting thing is the reason why I'm in the studio and I'm really, really excited about this project.
0: Excellent. Well, folks, if you want to know what those things are, you go to Hollis more set uh, uh, same spelling as the singer dot com you'll, uh, you'll find everything there follow their socials Instagram the many many things that we've been talking about here follow them all interact and you'll be the first ones to know when all this new stuff drops so Hollis thank you again I really appreciate this
1: thank you so much for having me I had a great time I know I'm a, a talker
0: <laughs> hey it's a good thing
2: hi this is singer Kate Eppers and you're listening to Citywide Blackout
0: And that brings this episode to a close. Thanks to everyone for listening. And be sure to follow the show on Facebook at Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram at Citywide Max. You can reach me at citywidemax at yahoo.com to suggest a guest or submit music for the Blackout Collection playlist. You can find the show wherever you check out your favorite podcasts. And new episodes are aired every Saturday at 10 p.m. EST on Boston Free Radio. That's all for now
2: to break me down, but it didn't work, you were so disrespectful, I didn't know that was you, you tried to break me down.